Hello everybody and welcome to another Manga Mavericks Patreon bonus pod preview. Today we are sharing with you our at movies Patreon bonus pod for Captain Marvel to coincide and to celebrate the one year anniversary of the film's theatrical release. On this episode, we invited Vixon to discuss Captain Marvel and specifically dive into her storied comic book origins. We trace Captain Marvel Carol Danvers' less than feminist origins to her current iconic status. And this was a really fun discussion because Vix notoriously used to hate Captain Marvel, but her opinion changed after reading through her comics history in prep to see the movie and to record this podcast. And her recount of Carol Danvers' comics history is really intriguing to listen to and entertaining as well. And we are sharing with you that full recount of Carol Danvers' comics history as part of our Patreon bonus pod preview today. And for the full podcast and our full discussion of the film proper, you can listen to the full episode on our Patreon, patreon.com slash for the $5 tier. We offer our monthly Patreon bonus pods, which includes episodes like these in-depth, lengthy at-movies discussions, but also tons of other series, which includes manga fights and manga reviews of stuff like that time I got reincarnated Sancha and the comic, and our Manga Mavericks book club series, where one of us goes through a series volume by volume with a guest host. We have completed a series on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Phantom Blood that you can listen to, but we have also just started up a Saint Seiya reads through on our Patreon, where Colton and Doctor from the Ass Backwards Anime Podcast Network will be reading through the entirety of the Saint Seiya manga Two volumes at a time, one month at a time. And that's going to be a fun journey to listen to. The first episode is up right now, and Colton and Doc's analysis of Saint Seiya and their discussion is a ton of fun and a great listen, whether you are a longtime fan or a newcomer alike, and I highly recommend it. So, for this and that and more... Bonus podcast, head over to patreon.com slash manga and pledge to our $5 tier. Your support not only gives you access to more awesome podcasts from us, but it really helps us out. Helps us produce the show, helps us pay for our hosting costs and our material costs, and improve the show and let us do even better things. So definitely any and all support you can give us would be really appreciated. But for now, enjoy this little taste, a sneak peek at what's available on our Patreon and in our Patreon bonus podcast by listening to a snippet of our podcast on Captain Marvel. Well, let's dig into the history then. Let's dig into the history 
of Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel, formerly known as Miss Marvel. Vix, you have spent the last two weeks reading pretty much every comic featuring Carol Danvers. You know the entire history of her character now. Tell us, Vix, regale to us, what are the origins of Carol Danvers? How did she become Captain Marvel? What led to this moment now where she's getting her own movie? Where did it all start? Where did it all begin? Go on, Vix. Once upon a time, there was this boy, and this boy was a lawyer at Marvel that really, really wanted to make sure that DC, who had recently, who was in a legal battle with Fawcett Comics over, um, over the character of Captain Marvel, wasn't, wouldn't be able to use the name Marvel in any <laughs> of their publications, you know, just in case. So he created, he, he asked his, he called up his boy Roy Thomas, you know, he, he's, he's famous for All-Star Squadron, Squadron Supreme, which is basically Watchmen before Watchmen ever happened. It's better than Watchmen, actually. And, and Roy's like, okay, I'll make a dude, Captain Marvel, whatever. And so, and so, Captain Marvel was born a Kree soldier, burdened with a conscience! Because, you know, the Krees usually don't have conscience, so they just kind of carry out the will of Rodan the Accuser and the Kree Supreme Intelligence, which is, like, this horrifying monstrosity of, like, 16 of the greatest Kree minds all put into one horrifying fleshy beast that screams and it's wonderful. So he, he, his lover Una, uh, who's the ship's medic, and his, uh, and his colonel Yon-Rog, who was this, this dude who really, really wanted to get into Una's pants, because... Oh. You know, Yon Rog, with a name like Yon Rog, you know he's a bad egg. And so Marvel, Yon Rog, and Una are all sent off to go check out this desolate mud ball of a planet called Earth or Terra or whatever the heck you want to call it. Uh, and to in, and to infiltrate, you know, the people. Marvel takes on the appearance of this dude who died in a plane crash, like as his, as a ship was going down. Walter Lawson's you know, plane just kind of smashed into something. He's like, oh, okay, guess I'm that guy now. <laughs> and he becomes Dr. Walter Lawson, who is a NASA scientist that works at uh, Cape Kennedy. And he comes across this woman named Carol Danvers, who is the head of security, who is this tough, no-nonsense woman who, is, who really deserves her job. And only in that one issue, because Aww. after Roy Thomas leaves, she becomes, oh, help me, Captain Marvel. Oh, no. Oh, I'm a woman in a comic Oh, oh god, she's awful. Compared to Lois Lane, how much worse is she? You see, Lois Lane is usually written pretty damn well. Mm-hmm. Like, she's got more comics where she's, like, actually, like, you know, a good, strong character. Yeah. Even when she's not being saved. Like, when she's being saved, she's kind of annoying. But Carol, like, whenever Roy Thomas wasn't writing her, she was just a screaming, crying a, a stupid person that was played up for comic relief because she was always so close in figuring out Marvel's secret identity and that and that Walter Lawson was really secretly a Cree sent to observe and like all while all this is going on um a bunch of minor inconveniences happen usually caused by Colonel Jan Rog who wants Captain Marvel to die so Una can can fuck him or whatever. And Una's like, oh no, I'm a shrinking female. Oh no. Uh, 
Because it's no, it's the sixties and seventies. We can't have strong female characters. Yeah, Captain Marvel's origins sure aren't sounding as feminist as I thought. No, go, go. well, okay, they'll get there. I mean, I mean, I know Car- they'll get there. Yeah, Carol Danvers in her first Roy Thomas issue, she's she's everything you would have wanted. She's tough, no nonsense. Got her got her position through hard work and grit. She's uh, she's tougher than all the than all the boys. You know, cool as heck, especially for the '60s. Like, yeah. uh, she's great, and no, she she's like the first person that notices something's off about Walter Lust, and she doesn't trust that she doesn't trust him at all. She's doing her job. She's great, just like Lois Lane. Yes, and then she gets flanderized to heck, just know? like Lois. Lane. Just like Lois Lane. Yeah, that's literally what it is. He's just a boring Superman. Oh God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just uh, it, it's just it's just the Superman except. I, I guess it's motivated by this obnoxious dude sitting up in a spaceship 24-7 being like, Aha, if Captain Marvel trips over this rock and falls to his death, I will be able to screw his girlfriend! <laughs> and, and, and then that's basically all the comic is for a really, really long time until, I guess, he gets summoned into space by Ronan the Accuser, who's tired of all this bullshit going on. He's like, guys, what are you doing? <laughs> and then, and then Yon Rogue's like, nothing! Nothing! <laughs> and Marvel's like, uh, I'm not protecting this Earth planet. I love the Kree. Yep, I love these Kree people. And then <laughs> he gets teleported into the space or something. Una dies in a firefight wow, and Yon Rogue. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. She gets totally fridged, then like dies and lies on an asteroid forever, but doesn't decompose because whatever. Wow. And then and then Captain Marvel gets summoned into space by a god called Z Zon Zo no Zo the great and powerful Zo who gives him magical super ultra powers where he can teleport and stuff. And Carol's just like a nothing at this point because oh. the book couldn't figure out what the hell it wanted to do and it was literally just existing because they wanted they wanted that sweet Marvel name. And then the Kree Supreme Intelligence was being threatened by Ronan and a dude because Ronan was like, the blue Kree are superior to you pink Kree. Fuck the pink. Ooh, getting topical. Yeah, we're getting real. Well, yeah, we're getting really topical. So you know, the Kree Empire spans like a few million different planets, and of course, the blue people are gonna screw some people on those planets. Yon Rog, Una, and Captain Marvel are all pink Kree. Ronan the Accuser and some other ones are blue Kree, and the blue Kree are like, oh, you pink Kree are too stupid. No, we're the racist ones. Are the white ones? Yeah, they're the blue ones because they're like ultra white, except they're blue. <laughs> And, um, and, and then... I'm sure they're not racially coded to be more similar to black people at all. Uh, Actually, they aren't. They're just kind of there. Like, there's really no difference between the two, honestly, because, you know, it was created by Jack Kirby. And, and, like, they can't even decide if Rodin's pink or blue at that point. Mm. So, it's just kind of a whatever. If they want them to look more alien, I guess, then they'll make them blue at that point if it's written by a bad writer. But it's just kind of like it's a lot of whatever. It's it's aliens. They're stupid. Who cares? They're 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 not as good as humans, anyways, because they're <laughs> aliens. And humans are obviously cooler. Except the aliens also created the Inhumans. Throwback to the Inhumans episode because the Kree made the Inhumans. 
while back. That happened. I don't know why this never comes up in the Captain Marvel comics at all, because the Inhumans had been around for a really long time at that point. I don't know. It's stupid. Anyways, the best. anyways as it turns out, Zoe was actually a dude who was trying to undermine the, the Kree Supreme Intelligence with Ronan the Accuser to try to kill all the pink people. Using Captain Marvel as a pawn to kill the Kree Supreme Intelligence somehow, but the Kree Supreme Intelligence foresaw this and is like, eh, you ain't doing that. And Marvel kicks the shit out of them, and Marvel gets sent back to Earth or something and accidentally falls into the negative zone! Oh no! Oh dear lord, this is getting confusing and stupid! Wait, so the Kree Supreme Intelligence wasn't evil? It's it- not evil, it's just kind of. It, 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 so the idea behind the Kree is they have reached the peak of their evolutionary potential, their technological potential, and they're just kind of spinning their gears. And everything's dictated by this one stagnant entity that always thinks that it has everything planned the fuck out. And usually it does when it comes to the Kree, but it's not very good at predicting what other races like the Skrull or the humans are doing because it's just, you know, 16 Kree put into one mind. So... This sounds like... The Sybil system and Psychopaths. Did Psychopaths steal from Captain Marvel comics? We have to ask Genorobuchi, I guess. Genorobuchi, you thief, you... Actually, this is Jack Kirby way before Captain Marvel, so I would be totally okay with that, because if you take an idea from Jack Kirby, you make something good out of it, there you go. Urobuchi traveled back in time to meet Jack Kirby. Or that you just read some comics. Yeah, it's not like Jack Kirby... Like, Jack Kirby died in the 90s, dude. Yeah, that's why you'd have to travel back in time. Oh. 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 (laughs) I see. I see. Smoke a few stogies with Jack Kirby, get some milk at the bar. That's what Kirby did. He went to the bar and drank milk, and if anyone thought it was stupid, he'd slug him one! Yeah. Because he's Jack motherfucking Kirby, baby! Yeah, I'm sure they went to some um, some blockbusters, ran some videos, and went to Radio Shack, bought a few, like... Headphones or whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah. She showed him some of his fucked up a Game Boy. Yeah, yeah. And she did the Game Boy Star up sound in the, in, in the movie. It was kind of cool. Yeah. Was like, Dick. It was like, oh, that's a Game Boy. Mamma mia. Okay, let's, okay. So now, now we go back to Earth. And guess what else is happening at this time? This is, if this comic wasn't confusing enough already, we've got, like, gone through five writers. Bunch of different stuff. We're not even, Carol Danvers doesn't really exist anymore. She's just. How long a, has she been answered at this point? Two issues. This oh, is the, all the Kree really stuff cool. took place within two issues. Oh, okay. It oh, was no. it was really weird. So now we have Rick Jones. You know, you, you, you might have heard of him if you've ever heard of you know the Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. Rick Jones is the dude that caused the Hulk to exist because he got dared by his friends to go sit in the middle of a gamma radiation test site because that's what all the cool kids are doing. <laughs> and they drop bombs on him and Bruce Banner's like, Jesus Christ, kid! And jumps on him and pushes him out of the way of the bomb and absorbs the blast and Rick Jones's life becomes a, a huge piece of shit. Because he, because, because now he is, he knows he's responsible for this horrifying Hulk monstrosity, and he has to keep him in check and care for Bruce Banner, because it's his fault. It, it, it's his fault what happened. And his life essentially becomes ruined until, you know, Hulk joins the Avengers, and then, uh, him and Hulk have a falling out or something, and then, and then Rick, uh, becomes Captain America's new Bucky. And Captain America also at this point was a Skrull. Or something. Oh. But that never comes up in the Captain Marvel comics, because whatever. But, uh, 
Oh, or was he an android? I can't remember. Maybe it was a Doombot. <laughs> There's been a lot of different Captain Americas, it sounds like. Oh, oh yeah, like, so he joins up with Captain America's Bucky, but then Captain America's like a Skrull or uh, something, and he's not acting like himself, and they have a falling out, and then... Yeah, Rick... they did this plotline in Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes. Yeah, kind of, sort of. The whole Captain America is a Skrull thing. Yeah, but that was Secret Invasion. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this, is not a, this has happened more than once. This has happened way more than once. <laughs> <laughs> the scrolls are everywhere. You, you can't trust them. You could be a scroll, V-Lord. Someone in the MCU has probably been a scroll from the very beginning. Oh, oh no! no. Or a... It's, pro- it's probably Black Widow because they don't do anything with her. <laughs> That's why we haven't gotten the movie yet. Because she's a scroll. Yeah, that's why she's... That's why she can't have children. That's why she calls herself a monster. Because she... It's not because Josh Whedon is sexist and doesn't understand how to write women. Uh... I mean, he he did at one point. And just kind of believed his own hype. Sniffed his own farts for too long. Yeah. It's the uh, Oba complex where you just get more and more sexist over time. Yeah. Well, man, I mean, you're starting from a pretty low bar already. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, this guy made Buffy. Buffy's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's, it's all right. I mean, I like... that was like what two decades ago? Yeah, that was yeah. two decades ago. He's 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 grown a lot since then. And yeah, have you yeah. read his Wonder Woman script? Woo! <laughs> hey, he did a good run on X Men once. Yeah, uh, that was that was pretty cool. Read a good Beast. Beast is hot. All hell Beast. Um. Okay, so. Uh, Rick Jones, uh, he's, he's, he, he runs away from Captain America and, and some, and a spectral form of Captain America is leading him towards this cave thingy, or something, and there's like a giant machine in this cave. Now, pay, pay attention to the machine part, because that's gonna come in later. What's it called? Like the psych, whatever the friggity frack? I'm gonna call it the psych whatever the friggity frack. It's a big wishing machine. We don't have to care about that for another five issues. And he finds the Negabands. They're super Cree stuff. And when 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 Rick Jones uh, holds aloft the Negabands and claps them together and says, "Fantastic!" He becomes Captain Marvel. And he also and this does not sound like any other Captain Marvel at all. It does not. No, it sounds ex- it, it, especially not one that DC currently was writing. It sounds like how the second Blue Beetle is completely different from the first and third Blue Beetles. Well, actually, it's it, 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 the the joke is that this is literally this is literally what Billy Batson does. He says <laughs> he, he says a magic word and becomes Captain Marvel. That's, yeah. that's what that's what they were going for, though, it's because a, it's a parody. It's a yeah. yeah, it's a joke. Yeah, it was like a, it, yeah. So making like, fun of. Uh, DC Captain Marvel. And also the fact that Marvel had no idea what to do with the character. Kills Bird one stuff. But, I mean, okay, so stuff happens, nobody cares, Rick Jones goes on, does a thing, and whatever. But then suddenly, from on high, comes a magical man. His name is Jim Starlin. Jim Starlin was an up-and-coming boy who was, uh, who, you know, he'd taken some LSD, had a bunch of ideas, and came into Marvel, and is like, I could write and draw at the same time. And Marvel's like, okay, cool. Here, have some <laughs> characters. And, and he, he, st- he started, uh, doing some work on Captain Marvel. Marvel. And him and Roy Thomas wrote this script, which would finally put an end to all this stupidity that had been going on for so long between Marvel and Young Rog, who was still fucking alive. Because reasons. Yon Rog, um, Yon Rog finds that magic machine that was in the place of the Negabands, and Rick Jones is like, hey, Captain Marvel, let's fight this dude. 
And Yon-Rog is like, I've got the person you care about most on this planet. It's Carol Danvers! And Carol's like, dude, the hell away from me. Because, you know, it's written by Roy Thomas, so she's a bit less of a shrieking violet. I mean, she's still kind of obviously like, what the hell is this? But, yeah, and then Marvel's like, no, you're not going to stop me, Young Rog, you piece of trash. And then Young Rog's like, I have the psych frickety frackety fruit. It allows me to make make wishes and whatever I want will become real. Behold, the mandroid! And the mandroid comes and punches the shit out of Marvel until... Marvel is, is like Marvel beats the shit out of the uh, psych psych whatever the friggity frack, and then it explodes and he saves Carol and uh, Yon Rug dies in the explosion. But wait, where this... are the mandroids in this movie? Yeah, I like mandroids. There's a lot of mandroids in the Marvel universe, and it was but they've not shown up in the MCU. I know. I love the like that's, that's such a good name. The mandroids. <laughs> they're, they're not. They're not man. They're not android. They're mandroids. They're very manly. They pose. I, <laughs> I wish the JoJo's characters. Yeah. So, uh, so this is where Carol's story finally begins. Yay! Uh, I mean, Captain Marvel. After this, became greatest fucking thing Marvel was putting out at the time under Jim Starlin, and he had this whole thing with Thanos, and he was a, he, he gained cosmic awareness, and some Zen Buddhist thingy-majigamajag, and he, him and Thanos had like a, a d- dance, their deadly dance across the galaxy, and there was Greek gods and titans, and it was cool as shit. Whoa. And Carol, Carol, meanwhile, was confined to Earth. But, little, little beknownst to her, Something happened the day that uh, that Captain Marvel exploded out of her life forever. You know, her and Captain Marvel were, were very good friends. Yeah. So she kind of misses him. You know, things like that. The Psych Magnetron. Oh, yeah, Psych Magnetron. That's the name. Psych Magnetron, I think. It, it, it had reached into her subconscious and granted one final wish before it exploded. She wanted to be able to fucking protect herself. She didn't want to be in that situation where she wanted to actually be able to take some agency in this situation. And so, by the exploded Cree DNA of Marvel and the DNA of Carol Danvers, they combine to form Miss Marvel, the world's mightiest warrior. Yeah. Yeah. And she doesn't know it. Which is, that kind of sucks for her. At this point in time, they they, they kind of made Miss Marvel because they wanted a character to fill the fill the new '70s feminist agenda. I don't remember who created her. Some some big popular guy. I don't know. But it was pretty. It was pretty cool stuff. Um. So it starts as like they, they didn't know how to actually make her a thing, but they're like, okay, Carol's sort of feminist, so let's make her a thing. Okay, so what, what, what do we got? What can we make? What can we do to sell her? Uh, Spider Man. Do some Spider-Man characters. So, Carol Danvers, as it turns out, is actually a very, very wet, famous writer. Which I actually kind of like about her. It's like just something that she did, she used to do as a hobby before joining the Air Force and becoming a security officer at NASA. Because of the whole Marvel thing and constant incursions on uh, at the Cape Kennedy base, she was fired. Obviously. Aww. I mean, obviously, with all the shit that happened around there, but it wasn't really her fault. So she decides to join the Daily Bugle. Because okay. we, everybody needs our, our favorite boy, J. Jonah Jameson, if you want to sell oh, comics. Oh, did she work for J. Jonah? 
Oh, oh, fuck yes. Uh, her first her first issue is her butting heads with J. Jonah Jameson. It, oh, yeah. Is she going to be in Homecoming? Or, I mean, the next Spider-Man movie, then? Oh, God, please. <laughs> so, J. Jonah Jameson wants to appeal to the women. And he doesn't know how to. He's a big, he's a big stuck-up loser that's living in the past. He's a bit of a sexist, as you might think yeah. of. A big, scary man who hates everybody and screams at Betty Brant to do everything for him. He's a big petulant man-child based off of Stan Lee, who at the time was kind of a big petulant man-child. Mm-hmm. So Carol Danvers waltzes in with her writing credentials and saying, All right, big boy, I'm going to run your magazine for you, I, but it's, I'm not going to be covering no goddamn flower shows. I'm <laughs> going to be actually talking about the shit that matters in the women's liberation movement, cost magazine women, it's going to be a good time, and I'm going to get a good salary, and it's going to be equal to the men. And he's like, yeah. What? What? You, you can't do this! And he's like, I already, she's, she's like, Look, I'm walking into your offices, and I'm going, and I'm giving you a guaranteed sell. He's like, Mmm, fight! Put this scene in the MCU. God, I want that. And, and they're constantly fighting. It's really great. She becomes friends with Mary Jane Watson. But sadly, her friendship is kind of a little bit rocky because when they first meet, Carol passes out unexpectedly and is rushed home to, to the hospital and stuff. And in her place rises Miss Marvel. Who doesn't know who she is? Oh, oh no. She has no memory of what she is. She's just Miss Marvel, and that's all she remembers. She remembers uh, Marvel a little bit, like, because her costume's based off of Marvel's. And she's got photon blasts and something called a seventh sense, which is like Spider Sense, except it can see the future. Wow. They kind of dropped that one later, but I thought it was kind of cool. I liked it. That sounds a little OP if she knows. That would be so OP. Like, <laughs> she's just like, ah, this is how... Ha-. They later did it, like, when later when Chris Claremont starts writing it about a few issues later, he clears out most of the Spider-Man cast except for J. Jonah Jameson, mm-hmm. develops, like, um, the, the women the magazine editorial board and gets, like, these, a whole cast of supporting characters for Carol, like, tough, no-nonsense um, uh, slummer Iris... Who's a woman that grew up in the slums, but uh, um, but has like a but has like a heart of gold, and is Carol's like riding mentor. And... Any relationship to Iris West from the Flash? No, not really, because Iris West was kind of she's she's just she's, she's cool, just not really, not she. I don't really think chain smoking grouchy old woman that'll sooner throw coffee in your face than than say hi. Okay. Yeah, but just a coincidence. Yeah, just a, just a small coincidence. She 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 starts learning who she is, and after meeting and and for some reason the god Hestia, well yeah yeah the Hest, uh, I think it was Hestia. Yeah, it was Hestia. Uh, it starts starts causing some ruckus around her old around her around Cape Kennedy, and uh, Miss Marvel flies into action, and she's at least at this point figured out that this is what's going on and she's fighting against that other personality um, and her psychiatrist is trying to help her fight against that t- that personality and they're good friends which is really nice to see. It's really living up to that Miss Marvel name because at the time mm. Miz was like that was a big thing. That was the that was you're not a Miss you're not a Mrs. you're your own goddamn person. Yeah. You're just Ms. Marvel. Like that that's what the name was supposed to symbolize. Like she's her own person. Fuck you. Whatever. Women's liberation, feminism, go-go. And she realizes, with thanks to Hestia's magic, that these two personalities were just her all along. Like, the warrior part that uh, that Marvel gave her was kind of inside of her all along. And it wasn't just Marvel's, it was hers. 
And this, she had the power all along. All along. She didn't it's, need to get it from no man. Yeah, she didn't need to get it from no man. I mean, like, the blast kind of, you know, and he was her inspiration and whatnot, and they're very good friends, but it's all her. It's, she's Carol Danvers, damn it. And she's still got a bit of a split personality disorder, because fuck, whatever, it's Chris Claremont. He writes mental issues really well for some reason, and he, he's writing the book at this time, and she kind of goes on like that for a bit, gets the costume that we know, like the Miss Marvel costume with like the black and the lightning bolt, and it's really cool. It's really nice. And then uh, the book gets canceled. And at around this time, a little something happened. Uh, it was known as Avengers number 200. Oh, boy. You, you know anything about this one? No, not really. Oh. oh at least I don't remember it. You didn't listen to Linkara's review? I probably have, but I don't remember what actually it's about. So, so, so at this point, Chris Claremont's Miss Marvel has really come into her own. She's a great, wonderful character with a large supporting cast. She fights dinosaur people. She's had a run-in with a, um, with a, with a mysterious person that runs the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants called Mystique, uh, from Chris Claremont's own, uh, ongoing series, All New, All Different X-Men. In case you, you don't recognize that one, that's the one with Wolverine. The first one with Wolverine, it's the big one, the big important one that everybody uses for their movies and shit. Kind of a big important thing, like Chris Claremont is the big daddy. He wrote The Days of Future Past! That's what he wrote! Good boy! All the successful X-Men movies. All the, uh, well, uh, all the successful X-Men comics. That inspired, <laughs> that, that inspired the successful, successful X-Men, X-Men movies. movies, yeah. That's like, that's, that's why Days of Future Past is like such a big gamble, because they're like, if we do this, if we fuck this up, nobody's gonna like us. And then they succeeded, and then it kept the X-Men franchise going to make terrible sequel after terrible sequel until Dark Phoenix Vix. So oh. they're going to go out on such a high note. It was really ironic. They're really going to blow it up. Just Gene, please blow it up. Blow it all up. And like Gene Grey, it'll be reborn. I love how they keep saying, it's going to be good this time, guys. It's going to be good. We swear. Mystique and Beast's makeup says otherwise, but okay. Yeah. And Professor X looking like a a, a teenage boy that shaved his head. Just burn it all. (laughs) Burn it all and reboot it. Also, That's what Gene Grey is going to do. I found it really, really kind of funny, actually, that that a good Mystique was, uh, was like headlining for a Captain Mar- like right in front of a Captain Marvel movie because ugh well I mean after after Avengers number two hundred Miss Marvel's greatest enemy is probably Mystique now that's pretty interesting no and Modok Mo- Modok's there too Mo- Modok uh, uh, Modok helped unite her personalities a little bit by accident when trying to wipe Miss Marvel's mind but it didn't really work because she's two distinct personalities and a- she's got like this whole thing against AIM and she fights super scientists and it's awesome yeah anyways Avengers number two hundred so, in the very socially enlightened 70s, um, a dude at Marvel was kind of mad that Chris Claremont's Miss Marvel was so popular for some reason and didn't want to keep oh. writing for her in the Avengers. And they wrote a comic in which Miss Marvel is talking to uh, the Scarlet Witch, who you know, has married the Vision at this point, and they're thinking of having kids. And Miss Marvel was like, I don't think you should do that. We have a responsibility to the people of Earth to use our powers for good. I don't think a child is really going to be the best idea at this time. But, oh no, it seems Miss Marvel herself is pregnant! 
But who's the father? Everybody in Avengers Mansion is like, oh man, this is so great. We're going to have baby at the Avengers Mansion. It's going to be a great time. Well, Miss Marvel's like, Jesus Christ, we don't, I, I don't know who the father is. I haven't slept with anybody like in the past. God knows how long. This is, this is horrible. Why are you people just so okay with this? And everybody's like, this is awesome. We're having a baby. And, oh my God. And then the baby gets born, like, instantly. And everybody's like, oh, it's a cute baby. And Miss Marvel's like, dear God, I, I can't even look at this thing. Oh, dear Lord, what is happening to me? This sounds like the plot of a horror movie. It, it, it should have been the plot of a horror movie, except Beast is there getting like a... He, he's the he's he's saying, oh, I can be the kid's teddy bear. Oh my or God. like getting out like sports equipment for the kids and whistling tank. That still sounds very horrifying in it, this it, context. It, it really is horrifying in this context. And everybody's like, come on, Carol. Why don't you want to see your kid? You're just being selfish. And it's, uh, I mean, she was impregnated against her will. She's given birth to a baby that she has no idea who the father is. I think, yeah. uh. And her pregnancy has... lasted one day. She had yeah. morning sickness, and then she get, she, then she gave birth to a baby. And she doesn't know what the hell's going on. I, I think she has the right to be a little bit scared. Yeah. And meanwhile, the vision of Scarlet Witch are all, they're like, hmm, a baby, you know, maybe, maybe it was meant to be. After all, because actually this whole story is nothing but something about their relationship. Carol Danvers, fuck her. Fuck Carol. Who gives a shit about her? Okay, anyways, the baby grows to full size in like a day. And the baby's name is is Marcus. He's just due to the beard. And he's and all the Avengers are like, huh, well, ain't, isn't this just a curious thing? The baby's grown to, is a full grown adult. Oh, well, ain't that just wacky? All the Avengers sound like real idiots in this comic. Oh, no, oh, except for oh, Carol. No, yes, except for I mean Wonder Man at one point. Because okay, so Wonder Man, he's a whole story in of itself. But there's this dude called Wonder Man. He's made of energy, and he was made using the uh, brain patterns of the original Human Torch from the Golden Age, not Johnny Storm. But he's a dude. Uh, he actually becomes Carol's best friend very later on. But Wonder Man is kind of like, gee, you know. This is kind of shitty for you. And Carol's like, you think? Yeah. And then later, but then later afterwards, he's like, man, women, I don't understand women. Hank Pym, how do you keep Jan in line? And he's like, oh, fella, if, if there's ever a, if there were a book on how to understand those women folk, I'll be the first in line. Wow, I can <laughs> really tell this kind of written by a man. Oh, he hits the swinging 70s. And then Mark, and then, oh, time travel shenanigans are happening. And like, dinosaurs and biplanes and aliens are appearing around everywhere because of Marcus the baby's appearance in Avengers Mansion and Marcus the Avenger baby is working on some strange machine and the Avenger is just totally okay with this until like a dinosaur appears outside of Avengers Mansion and Iron Man goes and punches some dinosaurs and then Thor goes and kills some aliens and that's pretty cool I guess and and then as it turns out Carol's mind was wiped by this Marcus man, and this Marcus man is actually her lover. You see, Immortus, this man from a negative dimension, had a son named Marcus, and Marcus, who was lonely and sad, wanted to be born on Earth, away from the negative void, energy, negative zone, thingy-majigamajag, so he took Carol Danvers, and 
kidnapped her and brought her to his world and used and um subtly manipulated her using some machines. You know, it's just subtle because you know it's a it's it's not rape if it's just subtle manipulations with some machines and have and lay with her and had him conceived by her and that was and that was going to fix everything. Also, with some magic machine. And it doesn't work because the Avengers are like, dude, what the fuck? Why are there aliens? This this baby thing probably has something to do with it. Let's destroy what he's working on. And they destroy what he's working on, and he is like, oh no, I'm probably going to die because of this. The only way we can stop all this madness is if I leave and go back to the negative zone. And then Carol's like, but wait, Marcus, I truly love you, and we Where shall did this come from. Probably it's one of the machines. Uh, well, actually, it's later explained that it was one of the machines that he was working on because he did indeed rape her, and he is an awful human being because Chris Claremont gets his hands back on, on uh, Carol Danvers again and is like, you people fucking destroyed her. How did you write this? Wh- who thought this was okay? He just, walks into, yeah. he just walks into Marvel offices one day and is like, oh, let's see Avengers number 200. <laughs> oh, no! What did you do? And then people writing in letters like, holy fuck, you raped Carol Danvers. Why did you do this? Why is this okay? And the Avengers are all like, wow, Carol certainly got her happily ever after living in the void with a rapist. Mm, yeah. Oh, man, and love is truly in the air. Wow, that's a sure great Valentine's Day present you should give someone, Avengers 200. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's such a love story for generations to come. Yeah, Carol has been kind of screwed over. Like, if, if you haven't noticed, when when she gets away from like writers who actually are in touch with the world, yeah, um, she gets screwed over horribly, and that that becomes, that becomes a trend later on, it, it, even to this day. In fact, kind of me. I don't understand how that could possibly have gotten written. Like, how how did any editor approve this? The Comics Code Authority approved it, so it's gotta be okay. <laughs> and this is like back when you couldn't like shoot police officers still. Wow. So it was like a it, it, so the no, fact. I'm sh- wow, like uh, the Comics Code sure had their priorities straight. You can't shoot cops, but you can have a woman be raped, and that be okay. Yeah, so so Chris Claremont um, later fills in the gaps for us of what happened. Marcus fucking died, f- fucking died horribly, and screaming because of, because because um, by being born by human woman, age acceleration thing that was happening on Earth. Oh, it still kept happening. He died like one second later. Great. And, and his um, and his uh, holdover Carol fucking gone. Good. So she fly. She gets out of there. Flies back to Earth and says, "You know what." I don't think I'm going to go back to the people who just let me get taken away by my goddamn rapist. Yeah. yeah Got on her. Yeah, like, Christ! So she so she goes back to live with her parents for a little bit. Uh, she, she's got her... Her family gets a little bit developed, so we've got her brother Joe, uh, Joe Jr., her dad, Joe, who was an alcoholic at one point, but is now a building construct... He's got a, bu- he's got a building construction firm... He's a pretty nice guy, but a bit sexist. Carol had to join the Air Force because um, they only had enough money to send one kid to college, and he sent his son Stephen to college because Carol's a woman. She she should she should go get married and have a husband. Mm. And she's like, "Fuck no, I'm not doing that." So, yeah. she, so she joins the Air Force to pay for college, where she later gains the moniker Cheeseburger because <laughs> it's awesome. It's she go go Cheeseburger. 
and uh, her brother Stephen. Why did you get the nickname Cheeseburger? So you know those uh, those those uh, uh, those uh, uh, what are those space tilt a whirl things that they do to train uh, to, to train pilots and uh, astronauts. She decided to eat a bunch of McDonald's before she went on it. And the cheeseburger refers to what was all over her face afterwards. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah, so like, like, so going at zero G's, it was kind of going like, <laughs> and and she was like, "Oh, this is disgusting," and everybody thought it was hilarious. So. Addison, that's her name now, Carol Cheeseburger Danvers. <laughs> so she's living with her parents for a little bit, then gets back on her feet thanks to, you know, her writing chops. She keeps writing books. The Avengers are checking up on her. She later, you know, hangs out with some of the X-Men for a bit because it's Chris Claremont, and she's apparently best friends with Wolverine the whole time, which is kind of awesome, and they're buddies during the Korean War. And I don't know how that works because he was part of the army, the, the Canadian army, and she was a part of the American Air Force. But it's still awesome to see Carol and Logan going around shooting people, being like, yeah, freedom! <laughs> We're the best! And they're best friends and shit. And then, and then Mystique. Mystique comes back into Carol's life. Mystique is Mystique has, uh, has like a daughter, sister, something named Rogue, and a fortune-telling mutant sees that uh, Rogue's death will be caused by Carol Danvers. Oh. And Mystique is like, I'm not letting this happen. And Rogue figures out about this and is like, you know what? I'm, I'm a burden on everybody around here. I'm oh. going to take care of this problem myself. She, oh. at this point, had, if you've ever heard of like Rogue the X-Men, if you've ever seen the X-Men animated series, she has not actually really done anything at this point. So th this is her being untrained and untested. And if you know what her powers are like, you might know what comes next. Uh, she ambushes Carol in her house, and Carol's like, "Oh fuck no, we are. <laughs> let's go, let's go, girl." And they battle all the way to the Brooklyn Bridge, where Mystique finally gets her hands on Carol. Rogue's powers work in that she literally sucks away the essence of a person. She can take away. She she usually uses it to steal their powers, so she can have them for her own, and the other person won't have their power for a little bit and it wears off. But she actually keeps contact for way too long. And Carol Danvers, of course, also has a bit of a split personality disorder, so that doesn't exactly do Rogue any favors, and Rogue actually steals everything that Carol Danvers is. And oh. throws her into and uh, actually throws her into the Hudson River where she's rescued by Spider-Woman and taken to Xavier's school for the gifted, where Professor X restores her memories but not her personality. Aww. Carol is no longer... The person Carol was is now inside of Rogue, and Rogue is going fucking crazy, and Mystique is going nuts because Rogue is gone. The Brotherhood of Evil Mutants attacks the Avengers. The Avengers, uh, the Avengers fight back, and there's all sorts of cool shit, and there's fighting, and there's drama, and pathos, and it all comes to a head when, uh, um, when the Avengers come meet up with Professor X to talk about what the hell just happened. Where Carol, um, who, uh, with only fresh recent emotions still in her head, she remembers everything that they did to her, and she 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 lays down the law. You motherfuckers! You fucking people allowed me to be raped. 
and then have the baby of my rapist, and then go marry him. Is that is that a little fucked up? Oh, that's just a bit fucked up. What were you thinking? And the X-Men are just kind of, uh, Logan at that point just grabs all the beer and runs, and is like, I'm getting out of here! I'm getting out of here for this! Yeah, yeah, uh, there's, there's a little, like, a sideline, like, where's, like, uh, one of the adventures are like, I, I need some booze to deal with this, and uh, one of the X-Men is like, it Logan already took it and ran. <laughs> are the X-Men as pissed off? Oh, the X-Men are really pissed off. They're yeah. very good friends with Carol Danvers, and they always have been. And this, they're Chris Claremont's own creation at this point, and he's writing them, so he's like... They're like something he can control, so he's like, you know what? Carol, here, nobody can hurt you here. Yeah. Don't, don't go back to the Thanks, mean old... Don't, don't go back to the mean old Avengers where <laughs> sexist old men get you raped. No, stay with the real heroes, the X-Men. Yeah, they're, they're pretty cool. And she lays down the law, and the Avengers are like, oh, oh god, we're horrible, awful people, and we need to reevaluate. Wow, you just realized that? Yeah, and they, and they reevaluate all their priorities, and it's like a big watershed moment for them, but Carol is never the same afterwards. She loses her powers at that point, and she fights alongside the X-Men depowered using her combat skills that she remembers but has, again, no emotional attachment to. She's losing... She, she, she's lost everything. She doesn't... Re she recognizes her mom, her dad, and everybody else, but they're just kind of like... It's like watching people on a sitcom. You have a... You know what they're about, but you don't really have any emotional attachment to them. The only mm. thing that she can remember is painful, traumatic moments. She's kind of screwed up. She later gets... Yeah, she, later all the X-Men get kidnapped by this alien race called the Brood, and her Kree human powers are reawakened, and she becomes a... She becomes a... Uh, a the star fighter called Binary. And hmm. it's pretty fucking awesome. She's got, like, the power of a goddamn sun in her. And around this time, another... Uh, Captain Marvel is dying of cancer. While she's oh. off going on her star-slinging adventures. Like, Captain Marvel dies of cancer, very, very sad, and his best friend Carol isn't there to be with him. And it's tragic. I mean, Carol wouldn't have really recognized him anyways, but it's still kind of tragic. Mm -hmm. And Carol finds out about this when she goes to play cards with Nick Fury and the Avengers at Avengers Mansion, and... What, she's still hanging out with the Avengers? Uh... No, the, the the Avengers had disbanded at this point, and there were some new ones. Okay, so yeah. the new Avengers. Yeah, so it was like, it was the thing, Wonder Man was there, and that was like the only remaining one, and Nick Fury was there, and Johnny Storm was there or something, it was pretty cool. It's basically the Fantastic Four, uh, half of them. Yeah. The <laughs> yeah, basically. And then a new Avenger shows up called Captain Marvel, a certain uh, a certain Monica Rambo. And she's like, hey, I'm Captain Marvel. And then and then Carol's like, what? Oh, that's <laughs> hilarious, dude. Okay. Uh, uh, when did you become a woman? And then the thing's like, are you playing some kind of joke? That's really disrespectful, you know? And she's like, oh, no, no. Me, me and Marvel josh around all the time. We're, we're, uh, that's what I remember anyways. Uh, where is that guy? I kind of want to see him. Marvel died of cancer. And she's like, oh. Oh, God. Damn it! Well, where was Monica when all that was happening? New Orleans. She didn't. She, she didn't know what, what a what a Marvel. She didn't even know that a Marvel existed until she met up with the, uh, the Avengers later, and they all thought that she was a sick joke. She came up with the name Captain Marvel completely independently of Captain Marvel, 
And so in her first comic, when she's trying to help the Avengers, they think that she's playing a horrible joke on them. Oh, well, how did she come up with a name? Uh, that was her rank in the Coast Guard. And okay. and because of her work on an oil rig where she, where she saves a bunch of, uh, a bunch of, uh, Cuban militants, that were trying to uh, that were trying to do something in the United States. She saves them instead of killing them, and they call her they call her a Marvel. And so she's like, "Eh, you know what, Captain Marvel? That's my name now." Woo powers! Woo! And she gets a Mardi Gras costume on and kicks ass. She's awesome. I love her. Great Monica Rambeau. Never got her time in the sun. Set her up in the MCU. There was a lot of foreshadowing that she'll be a character. Will she grow up to be Lieutenant Trouble or Miss Marvel in the MCU? We don't know. But she's a character. Yay! Hooray. They're heavily pushing that she is going to grow up to be a hero just like Carol. Yep. And they do it. And I away. mean, in the present day, wouldn't she be an adult by now? Right? She would be an adult. Yeah. She'd be in like her late 30s because she's like 11, 13 in this movie. So oh. 24 years later. No. Well, actually, when does the event... This is this timeline taking place in 2019. When is it? Taking I'm place? pretty sure present day. Yeah. 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 So it's like 24 years later. She'd be in her late 30s. Yeah. So, I don't so know, Captain they... Marvel 2. Enter Lieutenant Trouble. Well, may... well, they. I mean, surely she's going to be the hero, even if she's in her late 30s, right? Yeah. Like she's too old to be a hero. Maybe her daughter will be Kamala Khan. Who knows? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Kamala's Middle Eastern. Yeah, I don't know. She could marry a Middle Eastern guy. I guess so. You know, if you have a Miles Morales situation. Yeah. Yeah. No. I don't know. She'll be a character, though. They said they they so heavily foreshadowed her, and they had so many lines saying, "Oh, not yet, but someday." You don't know what what you'll grow up to be. Uh, Nick Fury doesn't know. Who knows? You have so much potential. She's gonna be a cool person, probably. Yeah. Okay, so then binary, so then Carol Danvers goes off and does her binary thing, and she visits the moon of Titan and uh, and asks Thanos' dad what the hell happened because Marvel was usually hanging around Titan uh, around the time that she you know, lost her everything, and goes to Marvel's grave, realizes that that she can't cry for him. She doesn't remember the emotional attachment that they had. She knows the the wisdom that he gave her the inspiration, but she doesn't have anything else. It's just, she has really no, she's really nothing left for her on Earth outside of the new friends that she's kind of made, and they aren't even that good because they remember a completely different version of her. Of her. So she goes off into space and joins some this, a group called the Star Jammers and does her own thing until later she loses all her energy doing a thing with the sun, protecting it from exploding, loses all her powers, becomes an alcoholic, until 2010's House of M, which was really fucking stupid, where the Scarlet Witch... Okay, this is this is all going somewhere, by the way. We're almost at the end. <laughs> so, Carol Danvers has the worst... Uh, God, she's right up there with Hawkman in terms of what the hell is her backstory. <laughs> yeah. it is, so, 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 alcoholic Carol Danvers during the House of M event... Oh, we've gone on for a long time, haven't we? No, no, no. This is not as long as we've gone on before. We saw plenty of time. Keep going, Vix. All right. All right, we got it. Okay, so Scarlet Witch go, it, it goes insane, and uh, her hex powers change the, change the world into a world where mutants are the top cast, and the House of M refers to the House of Magnus, as in Magneto, Quicksilver, and the Scarlet Witch, who are all related. 
Um, they're they're not weird alien experimentations, Marvel Cinematic Universe, screw you. And in that universe, uh, Carol Danvers as Captain Marvel, not Miss mm. Marvel, Captain Marvel, it, uh, has, has awesome superpowers and is literally the greatest, most popular hero on Earth. And when the world goes back to, and, um, after throwing a cat onto a, onto Judas Traveler from the Spider-Man Clone Saga's face, because that's what we need in our comic, <laughs> we need, we need Carol Danvers kicking the shit out of that asshole Judas Traveler. They call him Warren Traveler, because it's like an alternate universe. It's totally Judas. You know it's Judas. She, she throws a cat in his face, and, um, then the, when the world turns back, she's like, you know what? I was the greatest hero ever in that universe. Hell, why can't I do it here? And this is where she starts getting into her new personality, because Chris Claremont's gone, and nobody remembers the binary stories where she was, like, kind of a more cosmic entity. We're going to make her into a more relatable, but still interesting character, where she's a very street-smart, interesting, liberated, awesome girl that works for S.H.I.E.L.D., and has her own lightning task force of awesome people like Machine Man, who is basically Bender except a lot more creepy. <laughs> like, but he knows he's creepy. And uh, we, we have... Does he say, bite my shiny molasses? I wish he did. <laughs> uh, but is he, he an alcoholic? Oh, yes, he is. Oh, my. Very much so. <laughs> Everybody wonders why he needs vodka, but he, he, he needs it. <laughs> he, he definitely needs it. There's the there's the sleepwalker. When a man falls asleep, his dreams manifest themselves to superhero sleepwalker, and he's awesome as heck. And then there's this time traveling immortal Chinese dude who who is a, who is like apparently part of the uh the what is it what is it uh the Ming Dynasty something I don't know and he fought and he fought Genghis Khan or something. Anyways, that's Miss Marvel's new awesome task force called the Lightning Squad, and they beat the shit out of AIM. <laughs> And they're awesome. And and, and she and, and at one point her dad's dying of cancer, and she tries to go visit, and because she she kind of wants to see if she can reconnect with her family, seeing if if now that she's developed a new personality, she can feel those emotional attachments again. Realizes they're all goddamn strangers, and as her mom and her brother plead for her to stay, she just kind of says, "I'm sorry," and leaves. Aww. And it's sad, but there's also more awesome adventures! Fighting AIM, and the Scroll invasion, and becoming friends with Spider-Man, and leading her own Avengers called the Mighty Avengers under Miss Marvel Carol Danvers! And then, for some reason, AIM cloned Marvel at some point, because they did. And Mystique found out about this, and Mystique, because Mystique is a huge asshole, <laughs> decides, A... Hey, hey, Carol, remember when you were, remember when you had a, when you were a person? You want that back? Fuck you! Haha, uh -huh, I caused that. Woodly doodly doodly doodly. And also a deranged clone of Marvel is out there slaughtering people. Ha! Uh, fuck you, Carol! Wow. Yeah, Mystique's kind of a bitch. And Carol beats the shit out of Mystique and then. And then after, uh, and then after seeing this clone of Marvel die in front of her, she's like, "You know what? You know what? Seeing this dying clone of Marvel reminded me why the fuck I liked the guy in the first place." She takes on the name. She, she now that the name Miss, you know, doesn't really have the punch that it did before because it's not the '70s anymore, and everybody's just not Miss. She does the thing that Ka that Marvel would have wanted her to do in the first place, anyways. She takes on the name Captain Marvel. 
And around this time, uh, Monica was like called Photon or something because she kept got a million goddamn names. Oh. And, and they kind of banter with each other later about it. And they're like, and Monica's like, oh, okay, so what are you? So Captain Marvel now? What? Was, a, was Binary, Warbird, Miss Marvel not good enough for you? She's like, oh, I don't know. What's the, what, what, I don't know what that's like, Photon, Star Jammer, whatever the heck you were. <laughs> and they're, they're adorable. And then she goes off on some cool adventures and. This is the part that's actually related to the stupid movie. Got to the park! <laughs> Got to the park! It only took like an hour. Yeah? God, uh, yeah, it really did. Um, I mean, there's a lot of history behind this character. Yeah, yeah this character is screwed up. Oh, and by the way, the the the, the cat from another dimension, uh, she took him in uh, because he stayed in the dimension, and she, he, and, and she called him Chewy after Chewbacca. And um, he's also an extra-dimensional alien thing. Uh, that eats worlds or whatever, but it's it, he's her little Chewy. What did they call them again? Uh, they called him Goose in the movie. No, but I mean like the species he is. Flarfles. Flargles. Flargles, yeah, yeah. It's like something like that. Anyway, so Captain Marvel by Kelly Sue DeConnick's first adventure is her is her inheriting a plane from an uh, old Air Force pilot that she admired can't remember what her name was, because I just read this last night. It was the swing in the 60s, and she and her friend wanted to be part of the Air Force, but they couldn't because, you know, Air Force sexist. And, and so they, they apparently have... And Howard Stark apparently found pieces of the machine that made Miss Marvel into what she is. It was blasted through time and space, and this pilot has one of them, and is like, alright, Howard, I think I'm gonna fly that... I'm gonna, I've got something you want. I'm gonna fly that goddamn plane, and we're gonna do some cool shit, and you can't stop us just because of our gender. And he's like, <laughs> whatever, I'm Howard Stark, I'm sexist and dumb, just like my son Tony. <laughs> Fuck Tony Stark! And like, she sets a bunch of records and does some cool shit, and, and it's cool. And when Carol uses her old plane to try to break the record that, uh, that she had, that her idol had, she travels back in time throughout that person's history, and they meet up and do a bunch of cool stuff, and she's kind of like a mentor to Carol, and she's a no-nonsense, tough, gray-haired, crotchety asshole, but also really cool, and at one point she acts she steals Miss Marvel's powers and becomes, okay, she becomes Captain Marvel. It's cool as shit, and... Uh, that, that's, that's basically who Marvel is in the new movie. She's this Air Force pilot, scientist person, broke a bunch of records, mentored Carol Danvers. Cool girl. Pretty mm -hmm. nice. It's a nice little throwback to that thing. And that, now Carol is basically a mouthpiece for, for Marvel Comics saying, We're feminists. Look at us. We have a Wonder Woman. Yes. We are feminist. Yes, we have Carol Danvers. She is very strong woman. You like strong woman, comic reader? Here she is. What is she like? Um, I don't know. But she is she strong. She is strong. Yeah, like their new thing. They just put out like a new comic to tie in with the movie called Life of Captain Marvel, which is taking its title from a Marvel comic. And this is like supposed to get new readers into the very feminist Marvel universe, you know, because <laughs> Captain Marvel is a very feminist history. I mean, it got do feminist. dozen, dozen, dozen. 
But um, her, the, the new thing they want to do is they want to make sure that Marvell has absolutely no impact on her life whatsoever because mm. she can't have gotten her any part of her powers from a guy disregarding her entire struggle for identity and her thinking that she might have done that at one point and re- and and then realizing no I, these are my own goddamn powers and I'm fucking awesome yeah mm. I'm Carol Danvers it turned out her mom was a Cree all along and also she remembers her mom for some reason and mm. her dad was an abusive alcoholic or something but he wasn't, and he married a Cree woman, and Carol's half Cree, or something. Fuck you. How much are you going to bet that they're going to explain this in the MCU in, like, the next Captain Marvel? Oh, I, I, this is this is definitely the new status quo, because it's way more feminist than her getting her powers <laughs> from a, uh, than her getting her powers from a guy. Not, nevertheless, he was her co-worker, a man that she immensely respected, and he respected her, and they were best friends. Yeah, all the men in her life have to be shitty until she meets Nick Fury. Exactly, because she is a strong, independent woman that don't need no man, except for Nick Fury. Yeah, because all the men in her life keep telling her, you can't do this, uh, don't try. And... You can't go fast, Carol. You can't go f- Oh, that was actually... Oh god, that was a line from Life of Carol Danvers. You can't go that fast, Carol. You can't do that, Carol. You can't go that fast. Like, specifically, you can't go that fast. She's driving a boat. And I was like, that's... <laughs> and I thought, I was like, that line is stupid when I was reading the comic. And in the movie, that line is stupid. What was the cockpit line? Oh, that wasn't in the comics? Thank god. <laughs> uh, you yeah. know why it's called a cockpit, right? Oh my god. Fuck that douche. Mmm. <laughs> I, 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 the, the best Air Force propaganda tells you that the people in the Air Force are a bunch of douches that, that make cock jokes. I mean, that, that stick in the pilot I mean, seat does look Even like... though they show a lot of sexist dudes in the movie, like, I get, this is still a pretty pro-Air Force uh, movie. What's I mean, NASA? Yeah, I mean, like, it's still pretty pro-military. I mean, obviously, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. is ultimately still good. In this movie. I mean, really all of MCU is pro-military, though. I mean, yeah. I mean, have you seen, like, the latest, like, Air Force, like, military ads on TV? I saw the latest ones, and, like, even though they don't explicitly mention Captain Marvel by name, there's, like, an ad which is, like, really showing off. Like, the the new U.S. Army one that I saw in, like, Bill Swim the other day was, like, this is where superheroes start. Yeah, it, like, no Ugh. direct mention to Captain Marvel, but, like, it's so obvious what they're referencing. It's so obvious. Hey, you got inspired Captain Marvel? Join the military and you can be just like her. Help us fight our wars, even though in the movie the message is that the war is bad and these refugees will just want to have a home to live in peace, and so we should stop the war. Don't you realize the U.S. military policy has been for the past 30 years to stop wars from happening and to protect the poor and oppressed people like in Afga- like those in Afghanistan yeah, and the ones that's, in Iraq. That's totally what we're doing. Because that's yeah. totally what we did. Remember Afghanistan? We helped we help those yeah. freedom fighters, the Taliban, fight back against the evil Which communists. we totally didn't create by invading Iraq. But we gave a bunch of guns to a bunch of extremist people because we thought that we could trap we could trap the Soviets in their own Vietnam War. Yeah, and that was us, and that was us not you know making sure that war wars don't happen until (laughs) we did. 
We just kind of left them to their own devices afterwards. Yeah, it's funny how our military's idea of stopping wars is starting wars. Hmm, it's almost like they don't really have much to do right now. Or have not much to do for the past whatever, and are just kind of I mean, no, they have plenty to do because they keep fighting in wars. We're still in wars. They get bored and like, huh, let's go kill some people for no reason. We have to justify our extremely high military and defense budget. Obviously, we can't put any of that money towards, I don't know, NASA. That's why we can't have Carol Danvers working at NASA. Even though that's been a bigger part of her life than the Air Force, actually. Shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> NASA doesn't exist. Space. It reminds me of this one, that one Indian movie we saw recently, Zero. Yeah. Where, like they seem like they make it seem like NASA is like some big thing, but NASA yeah, has like they, no funding. Uh, I don't think those Bollywood filmmakers understood that NASA has no space operations plan for the foreseeable future. Yeah. I, I mean, that's just kind of a misconception based on the fact that NASA was a thing once. Yeah. America! We're bad. <laughs> Haha, this, this is getting political. Just like, I mean, just like Captain Marvel! <laughs> yeah, and you can't say Captain Marvel isn't political in some form. Like, this whole refugee plot in it, you know, this is very uh, of the times uh, conversation oh, that we're having. Oh, didn't they have, like, a. Didn't they have a specific line, like, we can't shut them out? Like, we can't. We, can, we can't push them away? Something to that effect. Yeah, they they had something involving the border wall. Like this whole idea, this whole misconception that Carol has about no, these are the enemy, these are bad guys, and then of course uh, the scroll guy like explained to her, no, we just want a home, we just we don't want to be in this world, we we just uh, we have families and we want to live in peace and stuff, you know, but all all that stuff is like right on the nose about like how people are talking about like Mexican refugees. Stuff. So yeah, like, Syrian refugees too. Yeah, so it's like very much you know inspired of political events that are going on right now. And it's very unfortunate that a lot of people who see this movie will not put two and two together and say, "Oh no, um, it's good thing that Captain Marvel is helping these uh, all refugees." But in real life, we can't let in any Mexican refugees into our borders. We got to keep them out. We got to. Yeah, they gotta separate them from their families and let kids die in detainment. Let's have the people who know jack shit about immigration and all that stuff choose all this stuff for people who actually have to go through it. Yeah, Yeah. that's a perfect idea. Let's 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 implement this right now. Actually, I think all of our foreign policy should be based off of Marvel movies. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I mean, but how closely they're working with the military. It's might not be such a good idea. Shoutouts to Kevin, who is in the military. If you're listening to this, I I hope to see you in a in a Marvel movie someday. Yeah, maybe I'll make a cameo. <laughs> yeah, they make make a cameo is the amazing butt lord who's got a really nice ass. <laughs> <laughs> They're just walking through a military base, and then Thor smacks his ass. <laughs> I can't sneak around the, these Cree agents because I'm too dummy thick. <laughs> <laughs> they use his ass as a shield. That's, the, that's Captain America's superpower. Captain America's new shield is just Kevin's ass. <laughs> I, I'd watch it. I think that I think that'd be that have a great pro military message. And then Tony Stark's like, "You can't have that ass. My dad made that ass." <laughs> 
we need to protect that ass. We need to put a ring around. We need to put a wall around. That it. ass is more powerful than the Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta trap the Infinity Gauntlet in that ass. Oh my! Stick God. it right up in there, prevent Thanos from using it. Can Kevin fit that many stones in that ass? Could he fit that uh, gold in there? Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. Okay, let's yeah, move it up. A little bit of stretching. That ass is strong. It can take it. I'm sorry, Kevin. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, when I saw him yesterday, he was doing a lot of ass play. What? 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 He kept hitting. He kept hitting people's asses with a lightsaber, <laughs> and then he took a lightsaber and like tried shoving it up Ivan's ass. That's hot. Jam yeah, right down in there. It split him apart. It was, it was a Star Wars lightsaber. It was a Star Wars watch. Before. I mean, you again, even if it's a fake lightsaber, ask Nick. Star Wars. You should ask Nick. I think I'll ask Nick. Nick, I'm coming for you. <laughs> Oh, wait, I can't anymore. Yeah, you're yeah, going to be, gonna be in Japan. I'm going to be gone. Nick, well, I hate you. You'll be back in, I don't know, summer? Yeah, I'll be back in August. Yeah. Hey, everybody now knows my schedule. Please feel free to mob my house and just, just, just to throw a welcome party for me. All of you loyal listeners who really care about my personal life. No one. I love oh, you. Don't be cruel. Come on, V-Lord. We love our listeners, and we care immensely about their personal lives, just like they care about ours. All of them suck. Not actually. Whoa. No, Lord. That's just mean. We love our listeners. Except for the ones that don't agree with my opinions. <laughs> <laughs> they, they can just go, go, go away. Hey, you guys can yeah. just leave, stop listening to this podcast. You like anything that's bad. Yeah, you stop listening now, unless you want to hear our thoughts on the movie. Take this pink ribbon off my And that's it for this little taste of our Patreon bonus pod on Captain Marvel and for the full episode in which we cover our thoughts on the film itself and even more fun little bonus conversations. You can once again pledge to the $5 tier on Patreon.com slash for access to that podcast and over a dozen more bonus podcasts that await you. Once again, patreon.com slash mangamavericks. Any and all support you can give us really helps the show out and helps us produce even more awesome content for you guys. But, as for where you can find us and find our regular episodes, we are, of course, at manga underscore mavericks on Twitter, mangamavericks.tumblr.com as well, and we have a YouTube channel, YouTube slash C slash Marriage, where we post snippets of our podcast on there as well. But of course, the podcast is available on all the podcast platforms of your choosing, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Hipcasts, you name it, we are on it and you can listen to us there. And if you like what you hear, please... Leave us a rating and a review because 
That feedback is also super valuable, helps us gain visibility, helps us reach new hearts and minds, and continue to improve the show further as well. And you can also send us feedback to mangamavericks at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers' history, and even more like films you would like us to cover in the future on our movies or even manga and comics you would like us to cover on the main podcast. As well as any questions you guys might want us to answer. As for us, the hosts, you can find me at Lamoniasha on Twitter. And you can find me by the name on Amish Revelation Analyst Riveters Lamoniasha. That's where you'll find me. And you can also read my reviews on all-comedy.com. You've got a lot of those coming out. There are a lot of manga always releasing every week. So keep an eye out for more reviews being published on there very frequently. But you can also find Wheelor GTZ writing reviews on there on allcomedy.com. And you can find them on Twitter at GTZ. And you can also follow their podcasts, which include the Demon Slayer Podcast. Follow their Twitter at Demon Slayer Pod and help them surpass 1,000 followers because they are a pod that definitely deserves it. It's a great show that recaps both the anime and the manga of Demon Slayer, so definitely follow that project. And you can also read V-Lord's work on Tanami Faithful as well. And our good pal Vix, you can follow her on Twitter at Vixie the Valiant for any and all comics-related tangents, Sonic thoughts, and Pokemon thoughts, and all sorts of things Vix is interested in, she will talk about on her Twitter. And I definitely recommend following her on there. But that should about do it for the plugs and for this Patreon bonus pod preview. And we will see you next time, either for our regular episode or if you head over to our Patreon for our full Patreon bonus pods. But in either case and in either way, we'd like to thank you for listening and we'd like to say sayonara. And see you.